hour number three of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Each Sunday we get together for three hours. We talk about the news of the week. Sometimes we discuss the events of our often bizarre lives. We do so in an entertaining, informative, and yes, unique fashion. And uh, Leah, in this particular hour, our final hour of tonight's show, I may be uh, doing something quite odd in the final segment. Um, <laughs> even for this show. Really? Even for this show. Uh, it's just been a weird show to begin with. I, I changed my presidential endorsement. And um, in the last segment, I, I think I'm going to play a song. Which I Wait pl- a minute. I'm going to play a song. Yeah, well, I guess that'll be the theme of this particular hour. Good. Uh, so so now that you're going to do it, I I will do it as well. And okay. it will, it, I, I guarantee you it will be uh, something you've never heard on talk radio before, uh, although there will be a point to it. Um, now, <laughs> it's possible, folks, that you may have heard that the Pope, was in the United States this week. I, I know that um, you know yes. it might might have been difficult to miss that. Uh, in, in fact, uh, my three-year-old daughter Leah, we were we were at dinner last night uh, out with the family, my my wife's family, and of course the Pope came up on television because you know that apparently that was the law. That's this... all that it was. <laughs> right, right. So the Pope comes up on television. This is my three-year-old daughter, and she very casually turns to me and she says, "There's the Pope." And I, I didn't even know she knew who the hell the Pope was. I said, how funny. I, I said, I said, do you know, how do you know the Pope? And I swear to you, she says to me, everybody likes the Pope. That's what she said. That's how deep the Pope's media penetration. Indoctrination. <laughs> I mean, a three-year-old. My three-year-old knows basically three public figures. Barack Obama. He's the bad guy. Um, Jordan Spieth. Tr- my true love. And the Pope. Everybody loves the Pope, or everybody likes wow. the Pope, is what she said. All right. So, well, two out of three is not bad. Right. So uh, tell us a little bit more about the Pope's visit to America, Leah. Well, it is safe to say that on his very first visit to the U.S., every single move and breath that he took or made uh, was covered wall-to-wall in the news. He came in from Cuba, flying into D.C., and addressed a joint meeting of Congress He spent a lot of time urging the lawmakers to fight global warming and accept illegal aliens and the Syrian refugees. Now, he did not condemn abortions or gay marriage. He only briefly, vaguely mentioned them one time to Congress. Then he went to New York and addressed the U.N. Orwell demands of all governments, leaders, a will which is effective, practical, constant, with concrete steps and immediate measures for preserving and improving the natural environment and thus putting an end as quickly as possible to the phenomenon of social and economic exclusion. Yes, social and economic exclusion and the environment. Uh, He actually said that it was a sacred right uh, that the environment has. Um, And then he headed to Philadelphia for the world meeting of families. The crowd there to see him estimated 850,000 people. Now, for me, the highlight of the event was Andrea Bocelli singing the Lord's Prayer. Zig, did you happen to catch any of that? I, I did a little bit, yes. Okay. I have for you 
the short version or the longer? Which one do you want? <laughs> How long is the short version? The short is 30. The long is 130, well, but it's let's, really good. All right, let's go with the short version. <laughs> all right, here we go. Uh, that's I good. mean, that's good. come on. That's good. <laughs> it's the the greatest prayer ever written, sung by arguably the greatest singer of all time. Well, what was interesting to me about that event in Philadelphia, my old hometown, where we're on at the, on the Salem station in Philadelphia, uh, is that it really felt much more like a concert, uh, almost like a rock concert atmosphere, right. than a papal visit. Um by the way, did you happen to notice who the host of the event slash concert was? No, I did not. Mark Wahlberg. That's an odd choice. Mark Wahlberg, the guy who committed felony assault um, as, a, I guess, a teenager, uh, but it's still on his record, who has uh, acted in a porn movie for all intents and purposes uh, has killed more people on screen than most actors would ever dream about. Uh, and this is the guy, this is the guy who is hosting a papal event. It's quite striking to me. Um, Don't forget entourage. Well, entourage has got a lot of porn in it too. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and of course, but more worse than the porn, he has to explain entourage, the movie. I mean, that's, <laughs> That's what that's really true. that's really what should have kept him off the papal stage. Uh, but that's I true. Uh, but enough of Mark Wahlberg. Here's the part of you know what? We need to take a break. When we come back, I'll talk about the part of the Pope's visit that I find most interesting, which deals with um how fascinating it is that because the Pope gave the media exactly what they wanted, I mean exactly what they wanted. Oh yes. That's why he's the rock star. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll we'll talk about that when we come back on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Together we make up the John and Leah show. And in this portion of the program, we're talking about the Pope's visit to America, which uh, is it finally over, Leah? Is it is it done? Is he left yet? Oh, yes. Yes, I watched him. I did watch him get on the plane and sit oh. in the window and waved everybody <laughs> oh, and they God. rolled off. All right. Now, here's the thing. And let's preface these remarks by saying um, I grew up as a Catholic, uh, baptized as a Catholic, Catholic high school, allegedly Catholic college, Georgetown University in Washington, D.C. Leah, you consider yourself to be a Catholic, right? Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Born, raised, all girls Catholic boarding school, the works. Okay. so here's the deal with the Pope. Now, clearly, it's a news story. Clearly, it's historic. It's his first trip to America. He's the first pope from uh, South America. Uh, You know, I I get that. But here's how the news media works. If the news media wanted to just give perfunctory coverage, 
to a pope coming to America. They easily could do that. Oh, by the way, here's the pope. He was here two minutes. Here's what he said, blah, blah, and that's right. it. They could right. do that with no problem. And, and they would have. And they would have <laughs> if he had done what you might think a pope would do. If he had come to America and said, I'm here to talk about those Planned Parenthood tapes. Amen. And, and the absolute outrage of the genocide that's going on with abortion. And, oh, by the way, you guys just made gay marriage legal and destroyed the entire institution. And I'm on a rampage and I'm on a crusade. And to- Islamic terrorism right. is going to destroy us all. Right. If he, Which, by the way, you know, would have been logical given the very long-term history of the, the papacy. Because, you know, they, <laughs> yes. they, they've literally fought uh, Islamic They're back ter- again. Right. I mean, so that would be that would be logical from a historical standpoint. If those had been the three prongs of his platform, uh, you know, you know what the coverage would have been of the Pope? <laughs> yeah. Who? What? Oh, the Catholic Church is so old. Right, it's over it's with. Exactly. People don't care about religion anymore. By the way, did you, did you hear about the pedophile priests? <laughs> I mean, you know, they would have had any excuse they could possibly come up with to yeah. not cover him. Instead, Pope Francis gave them everything they wanted. Oh, he, gosh. He, he, he let, it was hard to watch. He, he gave them totally off the hook on abortion and marriage and and you know, embraced Islam. So there was no need for the media to feel guilty at all. No oh, lectured us all the time. Right. And, over about not about, you know, living our lives the correct way and following Jesus. I mean, he did some of that, but it was basically that we have too much material possessions and we're not welcoming to immigrants. Right, of course. So so instead of focusing on abortion and marriage and Islam in a, in the way that you know logically you would think that he would, he instead does exactly what the news media wants, which is open borders, pro illegal immigration, pro socialist, and yep. pro global warming, and you know anti capitalist. Yeah. Oh, he's absolutely he is more of a socialist than Barack Obama, and I mean that sincerely. Uh, now he's that's his right. But Except they, when it comes to his own house. Well, yeah, the hypocrisy is quite extraordinary. I mean, the Catholic Church is a very capitalistic organization, yep. and they're the most anti-illegal immigrant country on the planet. And people forget That's right. they're a country. The Vatican is a country, which is nearly impossible to get into. Yep. So, I mean, the the hypocrisy level is 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 astronomical here it's on Big po- wall up there. Big wall. Yeah. So so <laughs> he fails on hypocrisy, but what what really gets me is on the on the global warming thing. To me, um I would actually love it. This is kind of like my Trump philosophy uh now that I've flipped on Trump, uh, you know, so only somewhat tongue-in-cheek and almost you know somewhat sarcastically but with a real point i wish that if the pope was going to come out so strong pro-global warming that he would have gone all out and that he would have said that god has spoken to him and that the prophecies in the bible dictate that the earth will be warming and that man must be doing something to stop it if he had done that leah I guarantee you, 
liberals would have run from him as fast as they possibly could. In fact, the entire issue of global warming would instantly lose its coolness, to, mm. to put a uh, you know pun on it, because, well, think about it. I can't believe you're disagreeing with me on this. Leah, if liberals were suddenly told that global warming is coming about because of God and is a fulfillment of biblical prophecies, they... It would no longer be a cause they were interested in. Ah, they'd blow him off as a crazy, kooky dude. <laughs> uh, look, they don't care. They'll embrace the devil if they get what uh, they want. I think you're wrong. I think if I think that if we turned into the curve on this and said, you know what, liberals, you're right. The globe is warming, and God told us so, and it's in the Bible, and now we are religiously obligated to do something about it. That, I think, would change the liberal philosophy on this. But let me get to the second issue here of illegal immigration, um, you know, because this is one where, where the pope not only is a hypocrite because of the rules involving the Vatican, but did you happen to see the story of the little illegal immigrant girl? The setup. Right, from Los Angeles. This is amazing. Uh, so, so a little girl, five years old, from Los Angeles gets sent to the East Coast to see the Pope by an, a pro-illegal immigration group. Just mysteriously, by coincidence, she gets picked out of the crowd by security yep. and brought over to the Pope-mobile where he embraces her and she gives him a note asking for him to fight for the cause of illegal immigration or something to that effect. <laughs> yep. we, we now learn... Don't rip me from my family. We now learn that not only was this a setup, this was more than a setup. This five-year-old little girl, the illegal, the pro-illegal Im immigrant group, acknowledged, I saw this on a news story. In, from uh, the Associated Press, of and, all places. And it was also on local Los Angeles television, where, of course, they were trumpeting this. As, isn't this, you know, fantastic? Everything is awesome. Um, they... The little girl had been trained indoctrinated for a year since she was four years old. They had trained her for this moment. It's like to, child abuse. It kind of is. Mm -hmm. At four, she's, a, she's like a slave. So for a year, I, and I don't know how extensive the training was. I mean, I, I have this vision of, like, did they take her out to the streets of Los Angeles with a fake Pope-mobile, and they had, <laughs> you know, fake security take her out of a fake crowd so that she knew? That, I mean, did she have pictures of the Pope all over her room instead of princesses so that she would recognize the Pope and know exactly who to go to? But so they used her as a TV prop Oh yeah, and bragged about it. They, and if she didn't get picked out there they were going to new york and then like howard dean they were going to philadelphia <laughs> yeah! but but leah isn't it an amazing coincidence that she did get picked i'm not i'm suggesting that wasn't a coincidence no, i am too the, yeah. fi mm -hmm. the fix was in and who was ever in charge of that security they were told by somebody in authority Pick this girl. Uh, I mean, there is absolutely the chances. I mean, there were millions of people that came to see the Pope. The chance of this happening, this happening spontaneously. Zero. So you're telling me there's a chance. All right. No. All right. So um, maybe a couple more thoughts on the Pope. But we also got to talk about Ahmed's clock when we come back on the John and Leah show. Our website, by the way, if you want to find out about all the 16 stations we're on, www.freespeechbroadcasting.com.
Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. This show is heard on 16 different stations nationwide, including New York and Los Angeles. By the way, that number will be increasing by several next week. In fact, several stations in Leah's neck of the woods in Alabama That's will right. be picking us up. We're excited about that. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. Uh, one last thing on the not really the Pope situation, but I, I, it, I, I was reminded of it because of the little girl, the five year old who was used as a prop. You say a slave, which I think is probably an accurate description for over a year or about a year training. They trained her for this uh, this stunt to get her into the arms of the Pope for the purposes of promoting the cause of illegal immigration. Yeah, you know, you used to live here in Southern California before you you moved to Alabama. I I live mm-hmm. north of Los Angeles. My wife teaches at a school which is heavily Mexican, uh, which I have no problem with the fact that it's Mexican. Um, what really bothers me most of the of the many issues surrounding illegal immigration, what bothers me most, is the lack of assimilation, specifically with regard to the lack of speaking English. And I had a very interesting experience the other day, which is very, very small, but I think will illustrate how pervasive this is. Because, Lee, as you know, we're told by the pro-illegal immigration people, oh, no, 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 no there's assimilation. Uh, huh. You know, they speak English. Uh, they, they become part of the culture, which, okay, if that's the case, then why are half the radio stations in Los Angeles Spanish-speaking? Half. And, and it's not just Los Angeles, but Los Angeles is obviously... Uh, the most prominent major market where this is the case. So we went out to dinner Friday night, ironically, to a Mexican restaurant, and we're eating outside. And even more ironically, sitting next to us outside was a a, a Hispanic family who was eating pizza from a, a pizza place <laughs> nearby. So they're eating pizza. We're eating Mexican food. That's kind of the funny part of the story. Now, this was a um, an upscale family. Right. I mean, frankly, they 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 looked white other than the color of their skin. The dad was wearing a, you know, khakis and loafers and, uh, you know, a dress shirt. And the, the girls, <laughs> his three daughters were all dressed very nicely. The mom was dressed nicely. They they were, you know, they seemed like they they certainly didn't seem poor by any no stretch. No wife of beaters and right. stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. Okay. I mean, this was so this was not a class or or economic discrepancy. However. They were only speaking Spanish yep. to each other. Only Spanish. This is an upscale Hispanic family only speaking Spanish. Now, that irritated me, but that's not even why the story is relevant. So in this little area where we're having dinner, there's a tree in the middle of the of the eating area. And for some reason, you know, the, their three little girls and my little girl all gravitated towards the tree. I guess... My my daughter Grace went first, and she likes climbing the tree to whatever degree she can climb it. All right. So my daughter's only three years old. She loves talking to strangers. I mean, she always says, "Hi, my name is Grace. What's your name?" You know, um, that type of thing. So she tries that on the three little girls, and it doesn't work because they nope. have no idea what she's saying, and she has no idea what they're saying. And my daughter turns to me and says, "Daddy, those girls don't like me." Yep. And that's what she thought. She thought that those girls didn't like her because 
she didn't know what she doesn't know what Spanish is. She didn't understand that there was a language barrier. She doesn't obviously understand the the political ramifications of the whole thing. And so it was it was very frustrating. It was a very frustrating moment, not just because you know my daughter was meant you know made to feel bad for three seconds, uh, but but this is an upscale Hispanic family with three you know daughters much older than my three year old, and they're not even making any effort. Nor nope. do they nor do they have to. They, nope. That's the thing. There, there's so much enabling. They can watch Spanish language television, Spanish, mm-hmm. listen to Spanish language radio, get their Spanish language uh, newspapers. Uh, the, 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 the school system will accommodate them. Well, why don't them. you just stay in Mexico if that's the way you want it? You know, because uh, I tell you what, what infuriates me is the lack of appreciation. Okay. Yeah. This is a country. You're coming to live here. Okay, fine. Or you know, I don't even know if these people live here. But to come in and not try to learn the language, to wall yourself off from actually the American, you know, dream and not to be able to communicate and not to try to integrate to me is an insult. And instead, it's demanding with marches down the street, screaming to become citizens. It's just backwards to me. Do it the right way. Learn the language. Pay the fines. Come in. All right. Fair enough. I'm sure we'll talk about more of that uh, in the future. It's uh, obviously an issue that, uh, despite what Donald Trump might say, is not going to go away uh, even if he's elected president, which I'm now rooting for. Let's move on to a story we talked about last week where where it appears as if uh, both of our BS detectors were dead on. I'm referring mm-hmm. to Ahmed's clock, which I predicted would be suddenly dropped by the news media this week, which apparently basically did, in fact, happen, not just because the Pope was here, but because it's turned out that uh, there's a lot of reason to doubt Ahmed. Tell us about that, Leah. That's right. The story of Ahmed Muhammad, the boy who brought the so-called homemade clock to school in Texas, that story continues to shake out. Mainstream media has long since stopped covering it because it appears his sister was suspended from middle school in that same district in 2009 after a bomb scare. Now, we know this because she admitted it in an interview with The Daily Beast, Hardly a conservative uh, place to get your news. Right. The school will not confirm it because their parents will not allow that information to be released to the public. However, a GoFundMe account apparently has raised $15,000 for Ahmed. So the family is now going to Mecca. And then they're going to go to the White House, which is sort of the same thing. (laughs) So has the White House visit actually been scheduled, or is that just uh, anticipated at this point? Oh, I'm sure, because there is a specific date, because it's some kind of science yeah. thing going on. Yeah, I don't—look, I, I don't know for sure, but I, I I will be surprised if Ahmed gets a, a full White House visit to himself. I, oh, I, I won't. I don't—this I, story, it, it's, it's clear when even Bill Maher— as he did last night on HBO, says Ahmed didn't invent a damn thing, uh, and what he brought to school looked like a bomb. 
Uh, and, you know, it, it's very obvious that the, the teachers had good reason to be suspicious because we just learned that the sister had done something similar. I told you last week, Mark Cuban said on Bill Maher's show that he spoke to Ahmed and, and the sister was answering the questions in the background for him, which made him highly suspicious. The school told him a very different story than what we were hearing in the news media. Uh, this has all the makings of a setup. And Ahmed, for, from all accounts, has been thrilled with his new celebrity. Uh, yes. th- that's what this was about. This was about making a political point, getting attention. Getting enough money to go to Mecca. Well... <laughs> Yeah, and it and it, you know the father also has a very political background. The reality Sudanese parents, by the way, legal or illegal? Yeah, well, it's it's amazing to me how how often liberals are not just a little bit wrong, but dead wrong in picking the causes that they want to promote. I mean, what hashtag stand with Ahmed? It's amazing. I mean, <laughs> the, and I really do think it's it's not coincidental. It's partially it's lack of intelligence, but also it's it's their worldview. The, the prism through which they see the world distorts everything so they don't interpret events properly this it's is what, brain damage this is seriously why, this it's is, brain damage this is why the news media is wrong so often because they're all liberals uh you know and they look at events through a prism that makes everything fuzzy they don't understand the way the world really works no and, they cannot think straight yeah and so when they see these events they go oh we immediately need to support Ahmed because clearly <laughs> this poor innocent child he must be telling the truth and there couldn't possibly be a nefarious <laughs> uh, you know uh, uh, intention here well despite could, that it counts backwards right it counts down <laughs> oh. that's a great clock yeah, and as if as if you need a clock in a school. I mean, you know, True. Um, the last place on earth that actually has clocks. Uh, all right, so anyway, it looks like we were right on Ahmed's clock, but my guess is we haven't heard quite the last of this, especially mm-hmm. if he ends up going to the White House. All right, when we come back, uh, we'll wrap things up with a couple other items, and I'm going to play a song for you, Leah, and for the audience that I think is very appropriate given this week's news and it's a song that um, I actually hope will be played at my funeral, although I doubt my wife will actually uh, allow that to happen if she's still around or if anyone even attends my funeral. Uh, I'll explain all this when we come back on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. This is the final segment of this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is uh, Leah Brandon. Uh, in the uh, final couple segments, uh, traditionally, we do things a little bit differently. We start to talk about things not necessarily at the uh, front of the news cycle, sometimes about our crazy lives. Uh, one of the things that we often discuss is my crusade for justice in the so-called Penn State scandal. Lee, I don't even know if you're aware, but something extraordinary happened this week, um, although the media, of course, ignored it, uh, which is often the case when it comes to this story, which uh, the media just doesn't want to hear the truth nope. about because it uh, contradicts their their bogus narrative that uh, destroyed a university and a, and a great man named Joe Paterno back in 2011. Uh, but here's what happened this week. Out of the blue, completely unbeknownst to me, some lawyer here in California, apparently a prominent lawyer who... Yes, but he's remaining anonymous. 
Yes. Well, we'll get to that in a second. So some prominent lawyer who has, has apparently argued in front of the U.S. Supreme Court, taught at a major university. I think it might be Stanford, but it could be Cal. Because um, I know it's in Northern California, and they've got a good football team. Whoever he, he wherever he was, he puts out a website, essentially one thousand percent backing up everything I've been saying and more, proving that the entire case against Penn State and even Jerry Sandusky was legally and factually a fraud. It's a spectacular website. It's better than my own website, FramingPaterno.com. But as you already suggested, he doesn't make himself known. Right. Which, of course, means no one's going to care because you're going to it's presumed to be, you know, suspicious inherently. You well, can check. And not only that, but it's like he knows that this is the most toxic, toxic right. unpopular <laughs> right. opinion ever. Right. And I tried. I called this guy's PR firm. He actually hired a PR firm delusionally thinking that the news media might pick up on this. And I told the guy, look, um, <laughs> I'm said, it. Yeah, I'm it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the only guy that's going to give your website any traction at all. Uh, and you can see it for yourself at, at my website. I'm the only guy that linked to it, I'm sure, uh, which is www.framingpaterno. That's framingpaterno.com. If, if you care at all about the truth and, and how the news media can destroy a story from day one and how narrative now dominates everything, or if you care about the story in in specifics, uh, feel free to go to framingpaterno.com. Now, that's an interesting intro to this weird way we're going to end the show tonight, Leah, because Mm -hmm. um, uh, there's a song by a a songwriter by the name of Harry Chapin, who was a a socialist, but I love him because he told great stories. He's one of my favorites of all time. Well, I don't know if you're you're familiar with the song I'm going to play tonight, because I've I've always had an affinity for this song because I want to play it at my funeral if my wife will actually remember to play it. Of course, my okay. funeral is probably going to be more like Lee Harvey Oswald's without the media coverage, um, <laughs> and so there won't be any real need to play the song. But um, it, it, the, here's the song. It's it's called The Rock, and it's about a guy who is proclaiming doom, but no one will believe him. And he ends up sacrificing himself for the greater good to no end. Here's the song, and think of John Boehner and Scott Walker. The rock is going to fall on us. He woke with a start. And he ran to his mother, the fear dark at his heart. And he told her of the vision that he was sure he'd seen. She said, go back to sleep, son. You're having a bad dream. The sky was falling down Well, nothing ever came of that The world still whirls around The rock is gonna fall on us He stood and told the class The professor put his chalk down And peered out through his glasses But he went on and said I've seen it high up on the hill If it doesn't fall this year Then very soon it will Fantasies and fears You know that rock's been perched up there For a hundred thousand years The rock is gonna fall on us He told the magistrate I believe that we can stop it But the time is getting late You see, I have done all the research My plans are all complete He was showing them contingencies When they showed him to the street 
So there you have it, Leah, The Rock by Harry Chapin. The first time that that's ever been played in the context of talk radio <laughs> in the history of the medium. Did, yes. you get, did you get where I'm going with that? Uh, okay. None of those people are anything that applies to this story. Sorry. Okay. Well, <laughs> in my world John view. John Boehner's not the, not the person holding back The Rock. No, no. He threw himself underneath The Rock along no! with Scott Walker. Shut up. He did Absolutely he did. He did not. He stepped down. He knew he was going to be thrown out. He would not have survived that vote. That that is not accurate. But look, the reality is, regardless of what your view of John Boehner is, or or how anybody looks at Scott Walker, uh, one of my favorite movies is Gran Torino. All right, where Clint Eastwood at the very end, uh, you know, sacrifices himself for the greater good. no one wants to do that anymore. And Scott Walker and John Boehner, in their own minds, did that this week. And so I want to welcome them to Underneath the Rock, because that's where I live. I live underneath the rock. I, the rock has already fallen on me <laughs> long ago. My, you know, It's fallen on me, my life, my career. So welcome, John. Welcome, Scott. You know, all the rest of the white males with any balls left are going to be here soon, uh, at least those that give a damn about the country. But the larger point of the song is this. We're doomed, folks. And the reality is that because there's an incentive for people not to believe the doomsayers, because there's a lot of false doomsayers out there. No, that is true. That uh, is true. That that when the real one comes along, people don't listen to that person. Um, And and I think that kind of also goes to the John Boehner false prophet uh, statement that he made today on Face the Nation, but I know you're not going to agree with me on that. But but he thinks everyone but him is the false prophet. Well, or Ted Cruz. I'm the Uh, one. uh, I'm the one. (laughs) I'm the one. All right. Well, well, could you do me a favor? Realistic. Could you do me a favor, Leah? Yeah, if if in fact uh, I go before you, could and if and if anybody shows up at my funeral, could you please just play that no, I'm song? I'm not playing that. I'm not playing that. I'm not playing that. You what? can forget it. Why? 
because it's so self-serving. How is it And self- I'm not going to have that. It's self-serving. It was me. I told you all along, and now I'm dead. So, so to review, so to review, because I don't have any confidence that my wife will fulfill a dying wish. Probably for the same reason. My co-host is also, at least you're telling me up front, you also are not going oh, no. to fulfill a dying wish. Oh, heck no. No, not that one. Oh, I'll fulfill so, some others. So you no, no, to... I'm not playing that self-serving, oh. feel sorry for me. That's that, I'm trying that, to tell you're mis- you. You're misinterpreting the whole thing. Oh, no. All right, which proves my point. All right, everybody, have a great week. <laughs> I'll be back with Leah maybe next Sunday. It's the John and Leah Show, freespeechbroadcasting.com. <laughs>